The Blockbusters Podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and The Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blockbusters Podcast. Welcome to another episode of French Fried, the show where we basically try to prove our point that Hollywood should just do independent stuff rather than churning out sequel after sequel. I am Paul. And I'm Brian. And today, as you can tell by the name of this episode, we are focusing on Indiana Jones 4 courtesy of the Twitter poll that we put out and aside from one write-in vote which was actually for a film that we'd already covered a while ago this film got four votes to zero so so I I think yeah quite unanimous uh yeah so thank you they they want us to do this one Yes. All right. So, uh, do we see. want to brief? Let's. I think briefly go back into a little more detail about what this um, subset of episodes is about before we dive into it. Yes. Well, why don't you yeah. go ahead while I get yeah. up the stats here? Okay. Yeah. So essentially, um, this was my um, brainchild, which I will forever regret. <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea is we take a film, the last available outside of a theatrical release, a new theatrical release um, that we feel uh has jumped the shark a a franchise that has just really kind of overplayed their hand um not so great anymore the qualifications being you know for existing films so this one just barely made it in uh luckily for us (laughs) so that's yeah so you know as um you might guess the the movies aren't always the greatest but (laughs) here we are nevertheless I think yeah. so far we've only sort of enjoyed one. So, sort of, yes. So, oh, do you want to hit us with some stats, and then we will get into whether we enjoy this or not? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, first and foremost, actually, may as well get this out of the way. Especially if anyone wants to get a hold of us with any suggestions, you can get a hold of us on Twitter at blokebusters, facebook.com slash blokebusters. You can email us blokebusterpodcast at gmail Remember, no s at the end there. And we're on Instagram, Blokebusters, and we have a website, blokebusters.webs.com, which I'm fairly certain is up to date as of the release of this episode. Not necessarily including this episode itself, because I don't know if I'll have updated the website by the time this comes out. So yay, but there we go. Um, Interesting stuff. Yes. All right. We pity <laughs> ourselves in this one, right? <laughs> so this was directed by Steven Spielberg. And, yes, indeed. And I would normally jump to budget box office, but I want to specifically point this out. It was a screenplay written by David Koop. I believe it's how you say his last name. K-O-E-P-P. However, screenwriters Jeb Stewart, Jeffrey Boehm, Frank Darabont, and Jeff Nathanson wrote drafts before this one satisfied the producers. So uh, just let that sink in while we go into it. And yes. this film had a budget of 185 million. 
and yeah. somehow grows seven hundred and eighty six <laughs> million six hundred thirty six thousand and thirty three dollars worldwide. Holy shit, that is a lot of money worldwide. Um, yes, yeah, you don't have it broken down into U.S. Do you? Yeah, uh, I, I actually do. Yeah. If you would really, what, like what did it make in the U.S.? Well, domestic um, box office mojo being U.S. three hundred and seventeen million one hundred one thousand one hundred. So it, def- it made its money back just in the U.S. Yeah. Yes. Forty point three percent of the gross came from America. There, yeah, yeah, USA, USA. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes, uh, this film stars, and I'm going to go to this in the order Wikipedia has it. Harrison Ford as Dr. Henry Indiana Jones Jr. Thus, it does not star Sean Connery as Henry Jones Sr. It stars the portrait of Sean Connery. Yes, it does. Apparently, he Mm. found retirement too enjoyable to come back (laughs) as a cameo. And he's probably really happy he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kate Blanchett is Soviet agent Irina Spalko. And more on that later. Uh, mm-hmm. Karen Allen reprises her role with Marion Ravenwood or Marion Williams in this one. Shia LaBeouf is Mutt Williams or something else which we'll get into in a minute. Ray Winston is George Mac McHale. John Hurt, for some reason, is in this as Harold Ox- Oxley. And Jim Broadbent is Charles Stanforth, who's in it for... What, three minutes? Two scenes, <laughs> yeah. About totaling two and a half minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, oh. yep, so that's, yeah, those are the main players, really. Yeah, I mean, there's one other person, but I can't pronounce his last name, so I haven't No, well, well, let's just ignore him then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> his name's Igor. All right, that's all you need. Okay. Um, all right, so let's let's just get into this. Enough dilly-dallying around here, Paul. Yes, um, <laughs> all right. Where should uh, we start I, You know, I'm going to start off just with this sentiment that this franchise hurts me the most mm-hmm. out of all that we've done. I know this is only number five, but this was the most painful for me. I can um, definitely understand that, especially all, given the other films in the franchise. Absolutely, yes. So that's kind of where I wanted to start here, is that... Um, um, at least given people of our age, or at least in our age range, I know we're you know a few years apart here, but um, the Indiana Jones trilogy is about as near and dear a place in my heart as you can hold. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know people want to shit on Temple of Doom, and yeah, it's it's the cheesiest and kind of out there of the three. Um, and it's tough to beat Raiders, obviously, for just sheer quality and brilliance. Um, and you know, the last crusade I thought was pretty solid. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed last crusade. Yeah. And that, you know, people, you know, can argue with that as far as cheese and kind of cornballness too. But, um, I thought the last crusade worked for me for the character. Um, yeah, so and then of course, we get this. Who else was going yeah. to be Indiana's dad other than Sean Connery? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so what do we get? This 20 years later almost? Um, um, well, what was I it 89, I think, was Last Crusade? So 19 years later, this yeah. film is made. Yeah. So that's yeah. all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They decided to go back to the well. Uh, yes. Once more into the breach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
And, uh, yeah, so the good news, like I said, this is um, the best, uh, well, like I was, I think this is the best French fried film we've seen. Um, the uh, bad news yeah. is it's still pretty bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, not a terribly high bar we're setting with uh, Jason X. No, yeah. <laughs> or Home Alone 5. <laughs> In fact, you know, I, I can't even think that... With a budget of $185 million, it's got to be at least double the budget of any of the other ones we've covered. I think it might total the... I think, well, I don't know. Jason X, I bet, was a little up there, but I don't recall. But that might to- um, encompass the entire budget of all the other franchises. I don't oh, know. Boy, this <laughs> I mean, Ernest was $12.37. So. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they were going to work for scale, and then they figured out a way not to pay them. So there you go. That's, that's, that would actually explain most of the performances in that film. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, from the uh, so we open um, with a scene from Caddyshack in this movie. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I, right. I have to ask this question. Yes, please. And I. I don't know exactly what they were thinking, but uh-huh. um, what the fuck happened in the opening <laughs> of this? <laughs> I, well, apparently we're looking at the great great grandfather. Uh, I don't know how long um, you know gophers or <laughs> groundhogs yeah. live, whatever. But uh, <laughs> of the one that Bill Murray tries to uh, eradicate, um, but he is popping his head out of there. And I was just waiting for some um, Kenny Loggins to, to uh, you know, start playing. But alas, no such luck. No, um, but it, yeah, it's, it's immediately. Random, the kids yeah. from Archie go by in a car, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, what this sent to me, the message it sent to me was immediately the tone was all off. It was so off for an Indiana Jones film. Then yeah. they could never get it back. I don't know. That's just the initial thought that. This tone was way, way, way off of what they were used to doing, and it, I, it just lost me from that point, like that early on, thirty seconds into the movie. I, I know, and it, like, like for one hundred eighty-five million dollars, absolutely horribly CGI'd gophers. Or, mm. or, and and we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like it, the opening. What is it? Two minutes are these college kids, I guess uh, I have no other way to describe them, mm-hmm. in a car trying to race some army people. And mm-hmm. then they disappear off never to be seen again. Because, okay. <laughs> Wait, did you pull army people from Ernest? I, you know, <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. All these <laughs> army like, people. That is a... Oh, that is a French fried callback from <laughs> Army people. Got to be Army people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Army people. People. Yeah. Yes. People. Um, but yeah, it's like it was. It's start. Was it supposed to be a misdirection type thing, or was it just? Oh, we'll get our credits out away or something like that. I, I didn't. Get it was it. a. We have nothing that. else to show here. Um, I mean, it's it's establishing the, I guess, the setting. I mean, that's the main point. Is like, okay, this is um, no longer Nazi. You know, no no more Nazis. This is Cold War um, I, America. I guess, um, but surely, like every other Indiana Jones film would have started with just the army trucks pulling into the 
um, like the Area 51 gate. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it would have been. It would have just been the start of them turning in. Yeah, and, and, then and us, the viewer, figuring out what's going on. Like, <laughs> uh, then, hey, let's get having some this cool kids. Scene, or so-called, supposedly flashy scene with this, like, this whole rebel without a cause undertone that the movie tries to shove in your face, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, just, yeah, like I said, it, it lost me from there. Um, I, I One of my first notes was that it felt like a parody, like a Indiana Jones parody film with a giant budget. Kind of, yeah, but it was an Indiana Jones parody film where they parody something that has never been in an Indiana Jones film. And should not have been in an Indiana Jones film. Exactly. And, um, and also, I don't, I don't know if it was my TV, but especially with the opening, some of those scenes looked like everything was filmed in front of a green screen. Like, even mm-hmm. even when the like the colonel army guy ducked down and the other people fan out behind him and shoot the people at the checkpoint that looked like they were standing in front of like directly in front of a green screen or something and not it, a it good yeah awful. not yeah it, i mean very noticeable and i read that you know spielberg wanted to do a lot of this practically he wanted to use special effects very minimally and had to concede um via like the script and just practicality to use more and more cg throughout and it showed heavily yeah and i you know i if they tried to do most of the cg as practical effects even if it hadn't fully worked it still would have been better than the cg they ended up going with in this film yeah it was just distractingly awful um (laughs) before we go too much further into showing some love on this paul had you seen this before um no i haven't okay so this was your first watch okay i i'd seen the bit when they actually go into the warehouse up to mm-hmm. when he gets to the camp. It felt very familiar to me, so maybe it had been on TV at my in-law's house one mm-hmm. day, and I'd sort of been zoning in and out of it or something. And I was like, oh, okay, this... <laughs> yeah, I kind of... I kind of remember... The, I, or the just... Bits I, me, yeah. The bits I remember most are definitely in the warehouse and at the camp when you meet Marion again. Like, those are the two mm-hmm. things that really stuck out to me, so... Yeah, I, I, I must have seen that before somehow. But uh, other than that, no, this was... I, I obviously knew that aliens were involved because, well, yeah. I mean, everyone <laughs> knew that aliens were in this that's one. The one that, yeah, that's the one thing people know about this. Yeah. And, and I knew that it's not well-liked, especially compared okay. to the other one. Mm. And despite how well it apparently did at the box office. So. Yeah. What about you? So, uh, my first, yeah. So I was um, somewhere over the Atlantic, um, <laughs> oh, traveling yes, I to you <laughs> traveling to your home country of mm-hmm. uh, England, um, London, England. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, I have to get in one offensive. <laughs> well, hey, that's exactly how they said it in Austin Powers. It is in our contract that I must say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yes, um, so yeah, you know, that's a nice, going that way, it was, a, I think, a, that was a nice, you know, eight-hour flight, something like that, nine-hour yeah, flight. Flying, yeah. flying there. You're yeah. you're against the jet stream, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having trouble falling asleep, and wouldn't you know, this one did the trick. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, was sitting next to my friend, and she was watching something else, and 
I put this on and I made it to the refrigerator scene and I woke up for the credits. <laughs> <sighs> yes, the refrigerator scene. <laughs> Can, so can maybe we, that's a good point. Yes. Yes, can, can I just? It, it was one of the like the all cats thing that I wanted to type out, and I did. I didn't. I just wrote down. That's um, mm-hmm. so like, and my, my note for this bit is exactly this. It, it is three sentences, and it reads, "Oh yes, the fridge. He's dead." And what's with the fucking gophers? Yes. Very concise, very to the point there, Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, there is literally no way he did not snap his neck or get crushed by that flying fridge. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I was getting a second screen, um, like, trivia facts from Amazon. This is available to watch on Amazon Prime, people, if you would, if you have it and you would like to watch this for free. Otherwise, rent it at your own peril. <laughs> you know, I wish I'd done that. Else. I feel like that um, might have helped. With this yeah, but uh, I was, yeah, I was getting the, the second screen experience um, and one of the... Um, Trivia things was that like fridges at that time could not be unlocked from the inside, so he was screwed either way. <laughs> like, if it didn't pop open, he yeah. was not getting out of there. Um, but hey, they you know show that close up of lead line, so he was okay. So, yeah, exactly. And then of course they added the um, "Hey kid, don't try this at home" line a little later. It was like you know, don't don't you know it's dangerous to play in fridges? Whatever, the, mm. whatever the actual line. Those was. things are death traps. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, that was awful. all those people that have died in fridges. <laughs> it's an <laughs> epidemic. Yeah, I mean, Neil Flynn was the only thing that made that that scene enjoyable, and that's just because I love Scrubs. So. I, oh my gosh, thank you! I was like, oh, I just miss the janitor from Scrubs so much. That's all I could think about. <laughs> in okay. fact, I kind of wish he had been the janitor from Scrubs, just as the FBI oh, agent. Sure, why not? And it wasn't going to be any worse. Yeah, um, okay. So. Around this time, we get introduced to um, Gate Blanchett, who will now be called Natasha for the rest of the podcast. Uh, I, I'd um, rather go with Edna Mode myself from who? Uh, The Incredibles. Have you ever seen The Incredibles? Oh, come on. Natasha predates that. It, it does predate it. However, I feel that Edna Mode is more apt, given that she looks identical to her without, with the exception of the glasses. <laughs> okay. I would I, say I the will... accent is closer to Natasha, but yeah, so I, I, I will, will concede con- the appearance. Let's see. Yeah, I, I will. I'll go with Natasha for the name, but I wanted it on record. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So anyway, she is hunting for moose and squirrel, exactly. um, and also alien. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Um. It is. Um, I like to think that um, when you know Kate Blanchett is having trouble sleeping at night, she has to turn her two Oscars, you know, <laughs> towards the wall because she's thinking of this role. Yes, <laughs> she's just like, don't look at me right now, guys. <laughs> I need. I, I, I liked the money. Okay. Yeah, maybe some of the budget went on counselors for the actors. It's be like, okay, you know, you you've just got to get through this. You just <laughs> take it one day at a time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yes, she's completely and utterly wasted in this movie. Her, I mean, obviously a great actress and completely just a caricature throughout. Yep. Um. 
And well, I mean, she's missing for the entire second act of the film. Yep. Um, and then yeah. pops back in there towards the end. <laughs> it, it's so, uh, so it's like, oh, yeah, we maybe she was filming something else, something better. And she was just like, you know what? Presumably. Just write me out, just write me out of some of this and I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back and, yeah, do my awful Russian accent so you can finish your movie. Um, I got a fun fact here for you, Paul. Did you know that um, Harrison Ford demanded that the whip be real? I thought this was kind of interesting that they were going to do it all digitally. Effects. Well, I mean, I, but, uh, I because could... of new safety regulations and filmmaking, and he said that was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <for God laughs> and sex. when you're Harrison Ford, I guess you get your way. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like he filmed the other ones with an actual whip, so why not this one? I mean, he definitely didn't do any of his own stunts in this one. And, so. <laughs> and kudos to him, he um, they did not have to refit him. 20 years later from his last appearance as Indiana Jones, although I guess he did appear um, in one episode of uh, the young, what was the TV show, the Indiana Jones Chronicles, or yeah, yeah, I I think he appeared in one show, but yes, um, he's uh, kudos to him, he's kept in pretty decent shape, they didn't have to refit it, also, so. Good for Indy. Yeah. Um, I'm That's just trying impressive. to find some good things here, Paul. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since, like, going back to the warehouse where he's like, oh, I'm just going to throw this gunpowder up in the air and then it just yeah. flies. Like, if the magnetism was that high, then like, you would have severe issues with everything. I mean... Well, one, the, the, all the uh, head, the upper, the lights would already be leaning in towards it. Exactly. And not later. Yeah, it, it would, <laughs> yeah um, you, you know how much wood interferes with magnetic forces. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I even just wrote down, like, even if the magnetism was that high, I would then screw it up, like, everyone would be having terrible headaches and <laughs> all of the metal beams would just be creaking, like, it still wouldn't actually fly. Yeah, like, it's not a swarm of bees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially given how he was like, yeah, I'm going to need more. I was like, oh, okay, he's going to throw it in the air. It'll sort of go in that direction and then fall to the ground. No, it just flies off. And bye-bye, see you later. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and bye-bye, suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. As well. What is that, in the first uh, five minutes? That's in the I first think? 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, that's that sequence takes about the first 20 minutes of the movie, if I recall. Um, yeah. But the- we do get a little peek. I mean, this movie loves its little nods to the history of Indiana Jones. Uh, we get a little arc peek, a little... Um, Little uh, yeah, arc uh, slip yes, there, if indeed. you will. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and then moving on with no comment. Yeah, yeah, and then and one thing I also found very strange about the opening scene is like, okay, often in Indiana Jones films, we know he's going to get out of whatever peril he's in, but they seem to be really implying that he wasn't going to get out of it. And it was like, oh, there's such a immense sense of danger. And no, there wasn't. There, it was just, it was all of this build up and all of this suspense going on way too long. It was like, oh, he's going to get out of it. No, he didn't. Oh, no, no, he's not going to get out of it. It's like, can we just move on? Can we, can we get this film going? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, can we get to some semblance of a plot or what is going on in his life that, you know, <laughs> anything interesting here other than just 
run of the mill action scene with nothing happening. You know, really happening. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and but we also, didn't get that. And then also the uh, with the escape, the the massive cliche of a hero having not a single scratch on him, despite being fired upon by what thirty people with guns that will ricochet the bullets once they hit the metal beams. Well, this is you know in connection to George Lucas, so there is stormtrooper fire at play. So very true, but I'm fairly certain that unless you're in spaceballs. Laser fire doesn't ricochet, so... No, no. All right, well. <laughs> Touche, sir. Yeah. And, and the only other, like, I had... Let me just count this here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I had ten notes here, which take up maybe a third of my entire notes in the opening 20 minutes of this film, just because of all of this shit that happened. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, he yeah, falls the, the, into the Weapon X facility at one point. Like, <laughs> and then he falls through into yeah. the, that metal thing before the, mm-hmm. like, that rocket sled takes off. Oh, yeah, I got so worn out on taking notes in that first uh, couple sequences that I stopped for, like, a good half hour. I'm like, I, I can't take that. I know. <laughs> I gotta recover. I picked it up. Uh, well, I guess. Um, are you okay jumping ahead to Mutt? Mutt's oh, that's introduction. Fine. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Mutt shows up. Another yep. dog name. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Very clever writers. Ooh, I get it. <laughs> um, Shia LaBeouf shows yes. up, and he is James Dean incarnate, apparently. Um, now I'm actually gonna say something which I know is a little bit unpopular, but. I kind of liked Shia. That is, well, it's very unpopular, but... (laughs) Um, You know what? I will say this much, that he... I don't think his character failings were his fault entirely. Um, I think it was a poorly written character. I don't think there was a whole lot for him to take part in, other than just bounce back and parrot Indy. For a lot of the movie. Yeah, with um, the exception of, and I'm going to jump ahead because this is fucking stupid, when he turns into Tarzan. True, yeah. The film, uh-huh. I guess, yeah, just, uh, or, the three, yeah the three, or the three musketeers. Um, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I can get him off of a slight pass. I, I still don't really care for his acting. I, I'm going to leave his personal, you know, personal life out of it, uh, you know, whenever you think about him personally. Yeah. Um, but he yeah. had, I mean, in Fury, I thought he was very good in Fury. He was, you saw that. Did, didn't you see that, Paul? Um, you know. The world, I, the tank movie, Brad Pitt. Let's say, I, I know about yeah. it. I believe that one passed me by right now. I, I, I mean, he wasn't great, but yeah. I think he was as good as I would have, ex- could have expected or hoped him to be. Right. And, and I was, you know, kind of happy with that. And I, so I know he's able to, to get to that level at least. Um, but, yeah, just not a whole lot of enjoyment yeah. here for Mutt. Um, very yeah. happy that, I mean, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, it, and it's one of those things as well where Indiana Jones, like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and as far as I'm aware, Shia LaBeouf, whenever he's got an action stuff, they both really want to do their own stunts in film mm-hmm. they want to do as much as possible and i think the studio decided you're not doing that this time around because did you notice just how shit the stunt actors looked when they were like no 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 we're really housing for the child hey, don't look at our faces we're just going to turn away here. 
Right. I, really? Well, I, I'd, I'd read that Indy or Harrison Ford did a lot of his stunts. But... He, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. And um, uh, I mean, the the worst, the place I thought it looked the worst was when they were on the motorbike yeah. in the chase, and every single time you couldn't see their faces, it was so blatantly obvious that they were not on that bike. Especially the the guy who was wearing the Indiana Jones wig. It didn't really look like Indiana Jones's hair. It was, it, it was so it was so terrible. And then the only other thing oh. is physics be damned so that, right at the end so you, of that scene yeah. as well. So you mentioned the, the motorcycle chase, and that's where um, they do a little uh, Blues Brothers action and <laughs> go indoors. Yep. and uh, into a library and did you catch the I'm sure you did because you're, you're Paul you caught the Wilhelm scream well yes of course <laughs> there's got to be a Wilhelm scream in this <laughs> yeah so uh, nerdy kid holding the big sack of library bro- books and uh, yeah Wilhelm scream as the motorcycle uh, yeah. flies by and, and the poorly made statue where the head uh, falls off the second anything bumps into it yep <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, Jebediah Springfield's head just falls right in lap. <laughs> yeah, we, we hadn't seen uh, Dolphin Kearney with the saw just walking off in the background. <laughs> no, they were cut out, yeah. Um, so what did you think of the, like, Harrison and Shia's chemistry, or could you call it that? Um, I mean, I thought that Harrison Ford, as Indy, when it came to him kind of like being a slightly older indie i actually thought he didn't do too bad with that the problem is that shia labeouf's character is so just hey i'm just gonna do everything myself and Mm -hmm. i don't want people to tell me what to do and after about 20 minutes of that you stop rooting for that character (laughs) And so I couldn't care less what really happened with him later in the film. Uh, so, and Paul, yeah. we are yeah, we're so much on the same page here. It's kind of scary. <laughs> um, been doing this too long together. <laughs> but I really, I mean, I cannot echo that enough. That Shia seemed to be doing his own thing. Um, if it messed up with Andy or Harrison, whatever, you know, fine. If not, he was still going to keep doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, but I, my next note that I after you know that was up here was that we really get flashes of the old great Indiana, um, just not nearly enough. Um, yeah. There were moments in there where he is very charming and charismatic and quippy, um, where it really does work. Uh, I want to get to one of the scenes and a little a little later. Um, Probably very soon here, because okay. I think it's coming up quite chronologically. You probably okay. know what scene I'm alluding to. I, I believe so. I was going to say mm-hmm. probably the, the best Indiana Jones moment in the entire film. but um... uh, Unequivocally, I would say, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are sparks of that old indie. Uh, it's just not enough, and, yeah, just very few and far between. Yeah, and... Like I, uh, a quick note here because I was like, for whatever reason, we are kind of just going chronologically at this one. And I, I wrote some down. I don't know if, like, if you really kind of noticed it, but uh, they they went to go find the skull, and they then do find the skull, and after that they get held at gunpoint, mm-hmm. and then 
the weirdest craft dissolve I've ever seen <laughs> in film. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, okay, uh, it was almost well, like one George of those Lucas things where... George Lucas does love his dissolves, so... Yeah, but it was like almost one of those things where they knew when they had to pause, like when the action was going to stop, so they kind of, like the actors paused, the camera held on an extra second, and then a very slow cross-dissolve fade to a map, which, like, it kind of did that for a bit, and then it cuts to the next scene, and it was like, um, okay, did 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 someone not look at this before they sent it off to be finalized? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were uh, apparently under a deadline. Deadline. So. <laughs> they must have been. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit! Um, enter, click, done. Yeah. Render. Oh, done. um, there are <laughs> countless errors on the map scenes. Um, Belize was not called Belize at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all there's all sorts of other ones out there. But, but it um, is now. How will people ever know what it was? Exactly. <laughs> Very true. I mean, well, you got me there. <laughs> as long um, as if there are people they could go to and ask about this sort of thing. Yes. What was life like in 1955? No one will ever know. <laughs> I, I know. It's not as if there could have been an, I don't know, actual map they could have looked at from back then. Well, we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> um, Spielberg described this um, this film as the sweet dessert for those who chowed down on the bitter herbs of Munich. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, do you feel like you got dessert? Um, no. No? <laughs> you you, you want to talk to the chef? Yeah. I, I, to, to be honest, I want to know what, what herb... Spielberg was smoking when he came up with that. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, well done. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, so I, Munich was, I guess, the previous outing uh, for Spielberg. That was, I think, 2005. And that was a bit of a downer, right. <laughs> um, to say the least. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just a bit of a drag, that film. I mean, he, he's made some pretty uh, downer films. Uh, Munich might be number two. We'll leave number one to your imagination. Um, but uh, this one was not the sweet dessert I was hoping for Um, yeah so I I just yeah yeah, I loved that quote (laughs) Um, but hey it did get pretty sweet here because we as you alluded to much earlier we get introduced to my forever annoys 1980s crush Karen Allen (laughs) Um, still rocking it still looking fantastic Marion Ravenwood Um, and for my money, the best moments in the film by far <laughs> were when she and Indy are together. Yeah. Um, before the before the um, average action takes us away again. Um, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> uh, we get to the scene I was kind of talking about earlier. Do you want to handle that one, Paul? Um, no, no, no you, you go ahead. Obviously. Uh, yeah. So yeah. as you know. Uh, taking a page from uh, some John Mulaney stand-up, the fear we all have is quicksand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Indiana Jones runs into some. <laughs> and the only thing that can save him is grabbing onto his worst fear, a giant snake. Indeed. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. So. <laughs> and very, uh, very well handled. <laughs> but I, the snake I, was well, well handled, the scene was well handled. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the dialogue between Indy and Marion when they're in that quicksand, especially when he's been talking with Mutt, 
and people say, "Oh, I dropped out of school." I bet you think it's stupid. And then he says, "Like, you know, no, do what, like, mm-hmm. do what you love. At least, at least, whatever you're doing, do what you enjoy, do what you want, because like, that's that's, mm-hmm. that's how you get ahead." And then when she finally reveals that Mutt is his son, his immediate response is, "Why did you let him drop out of school?" <laughs> Just like, okay, that's Cindy. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, if we were doing cinema sins, this is, would be the part where we knock off twenty cents <laughs> yes. for this scene. <laughs> because as much as I was not enjoying this, I had to love this scene every second of the way. His dialogue, like you said, his dialogue is so just so much Indiana Jones. You know, maybe I can touch the bottom. <laughs> they keep calling to say, "Stop calling it that." Stop calling it. You know, yeah. Just grab, it go grab something else. <laughs> Just, no, it it was I don't know very well handled. I don't know why this was such lightning in a bottle for this movie, but why they couldn't kind of get that energy throughout. But how I much, was happy to to have this for that moment. How much do you want to bet they just kind of let Harrison Ford go? Yeah. Which, like... I mean, if they did, is what they should have let him do more often because it obviously worked. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, Harrison Ford knows what Indiana Jones is. like, yes. and, and, for instance, obviously, the the well-known kind of problem that became a fantastic moment in the film is he was supposed to have a gigantic sword fight with someone and mm-hmm. he ended up having stomach issues and so on the day he just said how about i just shoot him and that's exactly what happened it became one of the funniest little and Indiana that's one Jones of the most iconic ever. scenes from that movie yeah. <laughs> and so i and i think the same thing happened here they, they were just like okay why don't we just kind of We'll set up the scene and then just go with it, and I think that's what happened here. <laughs> they just kind of let this, they just let him go, and yeah. If only they could have. If only most of this film could have been improv. Like, I, yeah. I think it would. <laughs> I think it would work better. Of curb your enthusiasm. I think we would have been great with yeah. the theme and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you got to call it. A, you got to call it a rope. Pull yeah. the rope. <laughs> um, which I still think that is really rough to pull on a real snake like that. But I don't know how well that would have actually gone. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm fairly certain that snake would have ripped in half. But uh... yeah, but I was not to nitpick. I was enjoying the moment, so yeah. <laughs> I was happy to have it. And especially with some of the physics defying things that have happened in this film, like th- this is the the thing I have the smallest issue with. Very true. <laughs> and I know it seems like we really haven't delved into the plot too much, but um, I'll speak for myself for this because I really don't know what the plot was. I was going to uh, say what plot. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about. I mean, it's kind of in the title there. There's something to do with Chris skulls. Um, I, you know, I kind of wrote down this is the longest but almost most interesting episode of Ancient Aliens that's ever been. Um, but yeah, essentially there's something to do with the crystal skull in this the magical magnetic crystal skull. But you know, do you know what this is? What this film is? Please tell me. <laughs> it's Raiders of the Lost Dark is what this film mm-hmm. is. Like, oh, it's our Force Awakens. Yeah, it was the Force Awakens before the Force Awakens. Exactly. Right like, and even down to the misfortune that befalls the people that are after the thing in the first place. <laughs> They're just riffing us. There. That's probably why we were having trouble coming up with like. Oh, so, what is the plot of this? It's like, well, we know what plot of this is. It's just a 
bad retelling of it with a yeah. sword fight. And as we know, Indiana Jones had no uh, relevance to the plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark. He, his character was not important to the outcomes of the events of that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you have done it. I guess we're done. Yeah. It's leading off of the, the quicksand scene. We had a sword fight on two moving cars. With, oh yeah, that's this is when I started to get angry. I wrote "fuck off." Yeah, with <laughs> and I, I, I thought the gophers were bad at the beginning of the film. This was Whoa. the worst graphics. And talking about I, the sword fight or what followed the sword I, fight? Well, I, I think the sword fight is where it's the worst. I mean, really the, started falling apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the monkeys that come up in a minute are just terrible, but. Uh, but at least it's a really short scene. Like, this was a yeah. Really at least they long got a real one. Raiders exactly. that, like hung himself, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story I'm going with. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, yeah. It, it's a elongated sword fight between two people standing on two different cars, running through a jungle, and it, at no point do you feel like they're ever there. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't need D'Artagnan on a Jeep. Uh, yeah. And with Karen Allen telling him to repost. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm even going to go there. And this is something that I don't even know if American people know it, but I'm just going to call him Owlbear, which was a kid's cartoon show about the fifth musketeer. He was a really short guy that rides on the mule. The fifth? <laughs> yes. It was the fourth. I, I, <laughs> you skipped the musketeer ball. <laughs> I, uh, all I'm saying, that's what the TV show was. <laughs> uh, right, so I, presumably yeah. he killed the fourth. And probably, the yeah. I mean, okay. Probably by accident, actually. Like, mm. given this. Guy, well, but, I don't yeah. know if I'm ready to go that far with it, but okay. You say so. <laughs> yeah, but... But yeah, so you've got terrible <laughs> CG scene. And it gets worse, Paul. Oh, oh yes, it does. I mean, <laughs> they're yeah. saving the worst for last. And and yeah, for for no reason. It's in mm-hmm. genuinely no reason because it bears no importance whatsoever in anything that happens afterwards. They just decide to give Marion a concussion with a tree branch. Yeah, yeah, because it's funny to hit pretty ladies. Yeah, and and then it, and then she's fine. That yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's genuinely no repercussion to it. And then, despite the fact that Charlotte is somehow wished up into the tree by a hanging vine, which, which is, I guess, a bungee cord that he triggered by hitting it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna gloss over that. And then he, <laughs> look, he looks at some monkeys, and they all go, "Okay, we'll follow you now." And he Tarzans his way off into the trees. Yeah, he and does. I wish I was joking. <laughs> I really no, do. I, I do too. Uh, yeah, but that happened. <laughs> so. Uh, I want to talk to the person that's still all in on this movie at this point. (laughs) And I just want to know what their life is like. Um, uh, But yeah, then uh, we get to the worst uh, CG of the film. Well, thanks to that, I now have an idea of someone sitting in the cinema just going like, it's just a little bit of CG. It's still good. It's still good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just bad screenwriting. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's the yeah. It's the um, I'm fine, dog. You know everything yeah. is fine, dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, just that bit. It's just a little airborne. It's too good. It's too good. It's gone. I know. We can still save this. <laughs> um, yeah. So the ants, Paul. Please. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> genuinely and uh, I'm 100 percent seriously. I just I wrote the following. I'm just going to write ant scene and leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? At no moment. Were these even believable to be ants? Um, And even like from the very beginning, they crash. Yeah. And Indy just says, giant ants run. Yep. And so you're like, okay, I guess the danger is giant ants. And nope, turns out these giant ants are effectively the scarabs from the mummy. Yes. (laughs) They did. And I, I, I think that's where they took the inspiration from. The only thing is they don't eat you then and there. They drag you back to their ant hill mm-hmm. and eat you there, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, they are just so ridiculous. And then why are you trying to show them in such a large scale where it's clearly going to look so fake and so computer generated where you're pulling back in these shots and join these swarms that can't even be possible of these giant ants i mean yeah and uh, uh, i I mean giant ants that if you try and think about it at all they act as if they're like remote control machines or something because they all act as one kind of swarm that thing and they all come back at the same time it's like and i know there is a certain amount of hive mindness to some of these things but it's nothing like this and no and then you even have like the bad like natasha squishes like a couple of them and it's even that looked awful yeah and like, a little bit gets on the lens oh yep yeah, just so you know it's real <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> um so this kind of this part here kind of transitioned perfectly into this quote i found by lucas um well not quote <laughs> just more of a sentiment he um like the um first films you know we're supposed to feel more like these kind of adventure like serial swashbuckling type films you know of the 1930s and he wanted this one to feel more like a b-movie mission accomplished (laughs) Um, major mission accomplished (laughs) you made a (laughs) b-movie yeah Um, i mean i I mean possibly a c i was Uh, gonna say i i feel like uh, obviously, recently we just released the the film Spotlight, where he talks about the lost skeleton of Cadaver. Like, I feel like that mm-hmm. would be way more entertaining than anything that's on. Well, with the exception of the quicksand scene. Yeah, rather anything. than seeing my child would get shit all over. Yes, I would have rather watched that. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I now fully understand the South Park episode when they go into this today. Oh, yes. Like, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. do you recall where did everyone's just fleeing out of the cinema just going, they're raping him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, George Lucas and Spielberg. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, should we get into the what is supposedly uh, to be the climax of this movie? Well. Or do you have some other things to get to before we well, I was get to the mention, finale? I was going to mention the car boat bit. Oh, the um, car boat, yeah. Yes. Which I, I mean, I, it's really very strange to think that they made it a car boat from the very beginning, just so that you can have three minutes when they're in the water. 
and so, and then when they're going over the falls and you get another bit of that thing where oh no water spray got on the lens it's a little bit it, I feel it, like it, I'm in the movie I know, even though it was really <laughs> badly done water spray on the lens but anyway so the third waterfall that they go over and you see them fall out of the boat and then fall past the boat which okay um that boat is gonna squash somebody <laughs> it would yeah it did <laughs> especially i don't know if you notice but where the boat ended up it's half sticking out of the water which means that bit that they fell into is shallow so uh, no broken legs or anything going on here like i don't they, oh well especially yeah um Especially when they also you speak of broken legs, like when they fell into like when the obelisk like rose. You remember the part I'm talking about? Like in the scene yeah. fell away. And they all like drop down like twenty feet. Yeah. <laughs> and they just stand up. <laughs> like you are screaming in pain with femurs sticking into your face. <laughs> like, it yeah, is not a good much. scene. <laughs> You're not just like, Oh wow, that kinda sucked. Let's let's go figure out where we're going from here. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's why there's a movie, right, Paul? That's the good excuse. Yeah, I, mm. I guess, if, if you can call it an excuse. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, can we please get into the um, the aliens of the round table? <laughs> uh, sh- sure, although... <laughs> c- d- does anyone... And I'm, I seriously want to know any ideas people have on this. Does anyone know... Why it is that all ancient civilizations, no matter what they are or who they were supposedly built by or any of those things, why do they all have Rube Goldberg machines that are built into these things? Like, even just to open a door. Counterpoint, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, I suppose if I could, I might. I mean, you got a lot of time. You don't have... You know, you don't have NBC to watch. You don't have, you know, Legion to watch. So why not make a Ruth Goldberg machine to open your door? I guess. <laughs> right? You just yell at the sun and make Ruth Goldberg machines. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, I mean, I buy it. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I don't know if anyone else is paying it. But also that's, that, that's um, unlocked by just holding a skull there that... Uh, the door has skull detecting technology. Well, no, he doesn't just hold it; he smushes it right up. He smushes. He smushes the skull. I'm sorry, Paul. Yes, correct that. <laughs> correct verb. Smushes the skull, so it's skull smushing technology in the door. Exactly. <laughs> that can recognize. You just can't smush anything in there. It's got to be crystal skull, mm-hmm. and then it knows to open up and do its 19 steps. Exactly. Um, and did anyone else notice that? Like the crystal skull, the angle of the like the big head bit sticking out of it was completely different to the head that was drawn on the wall of the alien species. Like the the crystal skull, what it basically looks like is as if a human head had just decided to grow backwards in a cone shape, whereas the hmm. alien head that we see are more like the cone heads, where it's kind yeah. of sticking straight up. So. Do they have a crystal skull of a special alien? He didn't these, quite grow these the These are right questions way. that may never be answered, Paul. I don't know, I know that, you know, I, we may just have to be comfortable not knowing. You know, I don't really care. I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> I totally believe that. <laughs> I have no trouble believing you do not care about finding the answer. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So we get to this um, this alien roundtable scene with the last call completing the alien. Um, yeah. I don't know um, Congress. <laughs> yes, and, and of course, it's not just an alien. Because as John Hurt says when he comes back to his senses, which, seriously, yes. why did they get John Hurt for this? He why was John Hurt in this movie? He I wasn't know. John Hurt until like the last four seconds of the movie. Exactly. I mean, maybe they got him because he's very good at looking somewhere else and drawing with a, a pencil at the same time. Like he, maybe it was hurting for money. I'm sorry, I'll leave. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go now. You can finish on your own. <laughs> you know, I genuinely might put the Cape Fear laugh in for that one. <laughs> Just, uh, okay. Uh, uh. But, but yeah, so, yeah, never mind John Hurt thing. So, they're interdimensional beings, supposedly. Yes, true. Um, mm-hmm. But, but that, that's all we know. Literally, that that is it. That is the only thing that is ever mentioned about the fact that these are being from another plane of existence, and anything else from that. Like, what, like, we don't know why they came here in the first place. We don't know really what they did, other than they were like, "Hey, you should build this," and then I guess they left. I guess. <laughs> That's it. And then I guess they left. The yeah. last title card of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it really should have just been like, they left, question mark, and then credits. <laughs> just... Arrival. Thank you. <laughs> All right. What a great movie. Um, but we did get uh, Shia's best line of the film. What are they? Spacemen? <laughs> <laughs> Not spaceman, 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 like yes, Spider Man. Yep. What are they, spacemen? Well, to be fair. <laughs> yes, yes, they're spacemen, Shia. To be fair, right at the end, it becomes a spaceman, I suppose, because mm-hmm. I guess all of the skeletons are actually just levels of one being, maybe? Well, they're a hive mind, because that's a theory, you know, that's a concept films haven't explored before. But. Um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, uh, back to your point of a remake of Raiders, we see Natasha get vaporized. <laughs> yep, by knowledge. Uh, so that's your face melting of this movie, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, why, why did what happened happen? Not, not specifically. <laughs> Do you mean the film? Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there is that, but not specifically the Natasha being destroyed. Well, by she's not... like, all like, well, we're going to get a gift, you know, um, they want to give us something or somebody's, I don't know, was it her? Who cares? Uh, somebody was like, they're going to give us something. Yeah, and so she's, she's going to, she's going to hold it out. Like you guys can <laughs> run. I'm getting this knowledge. I'm getting to become whatever this happens to me. Yeah. And then, last moment, Alien looks at her like, yeah, fuck you, boom. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. to, Why? To, to go from one bad film to another, you know, I kind of enjoy it, but I agree it's bad. Hulk, as in the Eric Banner Hulk, uh-huh. where his dad is just like, ah, oh, give me all your power, and he just goes, fine, take it, take it all, and then his dad just, I guess, explodes. That, that's basically what happened here. <laughs> The alien just like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Let's see yeah. how you handle this. <laughs> In fact, yeah, so I, I think, didn't quite get that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it almost felt like this alien was kind of the equivalent of 
a boy with a magnifying glass just over an ant, just like, and boom, there we go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get the um, Abyss UFO flying out yeah, of... and again, <laughs> like, this, the this weird slash black desert. hole thing that everything gets sucked into turns into the UFO? Maybe. Maybe, sort like, of. <laughs> but there's a lot of maybe in the last half hour of this film, which is not a great way to write your script. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just have the mountain turn into a UFO. <laughs> I, I, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Oh, We're and then someone says, oh, no. Let's do it. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, that was hidden underneath it. Okay, yes. so the UFO, did... UFO was inside you all along, Paul. <laughs> And and then I I mean I've I've said again and again about bad script writing, but there's genuinely a piece of horrible script writing at the end of this film, and unfortunately mm. it's from Indiana Jones. Oh, please tell me what it was. And it's it's two sentences and one after the other with no one talking in between. So these are said back to back. Their treasure wasn't gold; it was knowledge. Knowledge was their treasure. You've said the same fucking thing twice. <laughs> Thank you, shitty Yoda. <laughs> for spelling it out for us. Yeah, I mean, there's... Knowledge their treasure was. Yeah. It was not gold. No, 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 knowledge. <laughs> gold it was not. <laughs> knowledge it was. I mean, maybe he was doing it twice because it was like, oh, my son's not going to get this if I only say it once. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Like, Maybe who was trying a haiku for the first time and failed. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was bad. I don't agree. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's like poor Harrison. Uh, yeah. It just felt bad for him through this whole thing. He was able to do some really great indie moments, and then he had to do the rest of this film. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, it is. It was such a badly done Indiana Jones film, and like, I, I, I even I saw a thing about how the Indiana Jones hat mm. from the first film onwards they made it so that no matter what, no matter the statistical improbability of it all, he is always reunited with his hat. Okay, um. <laughs> and yeah. the, in this film. They did that, but they did it in a stupid way. And even something as simple as, oh, his hat's got to accidentally come off and then we'll get it back to him, they couldn't do. In a film which has shitty CG, terrible screenwriting, and more questions than any answers you could possibly give us at the end of the film. Why did no one tell them this was a bad idea? (laughs) Why did this film get made? I guess, well... Can we just kind of flesh out the epilogue, and then I want to go into a little bit I'll, of that. Oh, go ahead. Just yeah. <laughs> so the epilogue here, we we just have a needless, needlessly tacked on wedding mm-hmm. with Indy and Marion uh, because apparently everything's forgiven, and why the fuck not? <laughs> uh, let's just get these two kids married. <laughs> one seventy, one's in her fifties, whatever. Let's get them married. 
Yeah. And then the the, the 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 brown, you know, fabled fedora blows in and rests at Shia's feet. Shia's about to pick it up. Um, Harrison, of course, does not let that happen nope. and puts it on. And we get the hat. original. We get the original Raiders march, not the trumped up high pitchy Raiders march we got throughout the movie, yeah. um, but the original good <laughs> Raiders march. <laughs> and then roll credits, of course. Um, so that was our shitty little epilogue. And, um, yeah, so we got reunited with the fedora. But I do have a little question to pose you here because I do know in 2006, Harrison Ford said that if this was not ready to be shot and released in 2008, he would scrap the whole thing. So does he have some ownership? Do you think that rushed the script into being this bad? Does he have any part of the blame here? Maybe. I mean, at this point... I genuinely don't think you could properly reboot Indiana Jones. It's going to be a... Well, we're getting a fifth one. We know that much. Yes. Um, (laughs) But he still is Indiana Jones. So I feel Mm -hmm. like... And this isn't the era of uh, the, the studio system. So he's not exactly on the hook to do these films. So if he says he's not doing it, then they're not going to do it. So, I mean, well, maybe yeah. an, an Indiana I, Jones film without Indiana Jones would be an interesting I, I idea. Think, I but... don't know. Yeah. I have zero idea. I haven't even looked into it, so I can't speak on to, you know, speak to it. I I don't know what Indy 5 is going to be. I don't, I, I, like I said, I've looked into it zero, nothing at all. So I'm assuming Harrison's going to be in there somewhere. I would like to, which I know has been bandied about for years now. I would love to see this. If we're going to do reboots, uh, as much as you and I are are mostly opposed to those kind of notions, I would like to see it. Like it's been talked about Chris Pratt. Um, You know, I think he makes a great indie. That's what Jurassic World was. That was my commentary at the time when we talked about Jurassic World, is he would make a great indie. Rebooting from the start, he has the charisma, he has the humor, uh, he has the athletic prowess to do the character. Um, If you want to continue this character, it would be in it would be well handled in his hands otherwise i'd say let let it go the only way i could see it really going forward is it's gonna be one of those really cheesy things like even kind of like uh uh and this is getting very out there but even kind of like the legend of zelda series where it's almost a mantle that gets passed down so Mm. maybe like i even modern time or a little further on like Chris Pratt is the new Indiana Jones, and it's like a, a position which is held by the chief you know, archaeologist. Because uh, he's a, oh, so, so you're going the James Bond route, or kind of, uh, yeah, <laughs> or the Dread Pirate Roberts route. Exactly. It, it's one of those things where, it, because of all of this stuff he's done, and you know, he keeps being brought in with all the government and stuff, and they're like, you know, hey, we want you to work on this. Like maybe it becomes a position or something for someone. Mm-hmm. That, and uh, Indie Emeritus, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it, you've either got to reboot it or just stop at this point. I mean, un- unless yeah. unless 5 turns out to be really good, but if it's I, by the same... I don't people... have high hopes. I mean, I love Harrison Ford, but I just can't... I mean, 
at a certain point, you can't do that action role. You just can't. It's, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I loved him in Force Awakens. I thought he was absolutely fantastic in Force Awakens. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, at some point, it's just not going to fly anymore. And I, I think we already hit that point nine years ago. So, <laughs> um, for the most part. And uh, can I just read you this here? I was just uh, having a quick look at what it said about the sequel. There's not much there, but this about this is something Spielberg said about the film. He said, I sympathize with people who didn't like the MacGuffin being the interdimensional being because I never liked the MacGuffin. Then why didn't you fucking change it? You're the director. Yeah. Yeah, and the IMDb page for Indiana Jones 5 just has Harrison Ford listed and Plot Unknown <laughs> and director Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so that's all we know, yeah. <laughs> according to IMDb. Sounds about right. <laughs> yes, um, so we shall see. Um, hopefully it'll be better than this outing. Um, I, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope they're done with aliens. I, hope, I mean, I hope Shia has a very minimal role. I'm sure he'll be in there. Well, uh, maybe it depends. Maybe, uh, maybe Indy will have successfully told him to go into academia, and so he's he's off at college okay. for the film. Yeah, maybe he can just be consulted a couple times, and yeah, well, that's all we'll have. Yeah, it's just, all right. Just well, yeah, I think we're about ready to put a bow on this one, Paul. Definitely, uh, definitely. <laughs> And unfortunately, even though we now just like, okay, fuck it, leave it alone now. We've got to figure out what we're doing next. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> we got to uh, do it now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we, we can come up with a couple of ideas and have people vote like we did this time. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, shit. I should have <laughs> done some homework and prepped for this. I knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, uh, and, have well, you let, done any homework here? Well, um, I was going to put forward obviously Amityville because mm-hmm. you made a compelling argument for yeah. it last time. So I think I do think it's a bit too. controversial because it's hard to argue the canon. Um, sure. Being it's from so many different filmmakers and. Like, what, which one was a reboot? Which one's a continuation? It's a fucking giant mess with Amityville. Yes, I, I, I remember looking it up and there being 18 of the day. Yeah, it's, it's a mess <laughs> with those movies. Um, yeah. But I'm game, if that's the, the, that's the way we go. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything popping into my head right now. So Well, I mean, if, if we're sticking yeah. with horror, you could also do Halloween. Oh, um, I would also say, I think I brief, I mentioned uh, last time Pirates, the most recent Pirates outing. Oh, yes, of course. Um, uh, I was playing the new one, Dead Men Tell the Tales. What was the last one? There was that World's End, and then there was... Yeah, there was one following The that. other one. Yeah. <laughs> All the people shouting at you, we can't hear you. It's a podcast. All right, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, was saying, I, even, I even looked it up a little while ago, just because I was, I was looking to see the fifth one, and I saw what the fourth one was called. No, the Stranger mm-hmm. Tides. Stranger Tides. Stranger Tides. Thank you. You finally got through, listeners. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so shall we go... I mean, if you want to disqualify Amityville just based on how messed up looking into that is, that we could go uh, Halloween and Stranger Tides. Yes, let's go with those two. Let's let the people vote on that. All right. Uh, Uh, I I might. I'll still put a third option, and 
Unfortunately, on Twitter, they only last for a day. So maybe what I'll do is put it out a few times and just kind of do a aggregate type thing. But uh, that sounds splendid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've definitely taken up enough of everybody's time with this lot. So yes. Uh, mm-hmm. so do you have anything else to add at the end there? I would say don't see this if you don't haven't already. Um, <laughs> just enjoyed the first three and. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. at, the, at the very least, just look up the quicksand scene and let that mm-hmm. be that. <laughs> and go watch Logan if you haven't already. If you have, go watch it again. Um, <laughs> whenever you listen to this, um, if it's not in theaters anymore, buy it when it's out. Yeah, <laughs> okay. go get it. Because <laughs> Logan needed more uh, plugs. Okay. Is <laughs> it? <laughs> well, uh, with that, I guess we'll say goodbye. So, I've been Paul. I've been Brian. See you, folks. Bye.